Welcome back to the Lolly Carter Steelers podcast here on DK Sports Radio. I'm your host, Chris Carter, here with Dale Lolly. We are your hosts of the show. You're listening to this most likely on a Wednesday. That's when we produce the show. It's the day before the NFL draft. So many things to consider. Now, you have heard Dale and I go back and forth about who's going to be there in the first round, which is tomorrow, and we get that. You're feeling that. But we want to give you – we always want to give you the more in-depth insight on things. And talking about drafting a running back in the first round or should it be an offensive tackle or this guy or that guy – that's been that's been done up and down. We're trying to give you the sense that after Thursday, there's going to be a lot of players on the table. But how those players mesh with the Steelers' needs is going to be what determines when you know when they go after certain guys. Now, Dale, of those primary concerns, which do you think will have the best day two fits as far as guys they could get in the second and third round? that would be helpful this year? Like which position groups do you think are the best fits for that situation? I really think when you look at um, the offensive tackle, the center linebacker and cornerback positions, that's kind of the sweet spot to me uh, of, of this draft is, is those second and third round guys. Um, you know, it wouldn't be a bad thing this year to have, you know, the third round compensatory pick this year. Because I think mm. you could really you could really make some hay. Now, obviously, the Steelers' compensatory pick is in the fourth round, so there may be still some some guys there. And I think you know, when, a lot of times when we've done our mock drafts, um, you know, you can get some good quality players in that fourth round. Um, unfortunately for the Steelers, they don't have a fifth round pick. Yeah. Uh, because I think that's kind of where this draft falls off is right around the the start of round six, somewhere around there doesn't mean that there won't still be some players that, that can help you in this draft, but, you know, I honestly think that the top 150 or so is really where you're looking at the, the true mm-hmm. value in this. Uh, I just called up Todd McShay's top 150 rankings. Um, you know, his 150th ranked player is Chuba Hubbard. Uh, Hamilcar oh. Rashid is 149. Uh, Warren Jackson uh, out of uh, Colorado State is 148. Jalen Moore, uh, who's a nice uh, guard tackle prospect out of uh, – Western Michigan is 147. You got Trey Hill at 146, the center out of Georgia. Mm. Justin Hilliard, the inside linebacker out of uh, Ohio State at 145. Our Darius Washington, who's an interesting name to watch. He's kind of a Mike Hilton clone. Yeah. Uh, a safety out of TCU is 144. So you're seeing some players still available in that range uh, that are, are still guys that you've heard of. Uh, you know, I look on the other side of that at 151 is Brian Mills, the cornerback out of North Carolina Central. Mm. Uh, Kerry Vincent's at 155, mm. uh, the cornerback out of LSU, Shaka Tony at 156. So you still see some guys there. Jalen Twyman at 158, Cameron McGrone at 159, uh, Deontay Smith, the, the big offensive tackle out of East Carolina, 162. I mean, they're, they're, those are those are guys that people have talked about. I mean, I'm looking here. 173 is Quin, Quincy Roche out of. Wow. Out of uh, Miami, Robert Hainsey, the, the Pittsburgh kid, who's a, an offensive tackle from Notre Dame, who a lot of people think can move inside the guard or to center, I should say. Um, you know, so there's some good, uh, some good players there. Garrett Wallow at 186 is an inside linebacker that I like uh, that, who can run. Malcolm Koontz from Buffalo at 191. You know, so you're, you're seeing depth in this draft that is, I, I think, pretty special. Uh, concerning, you know, a lot of drafts, 
you know, you get through that third round and there's just not a lot there. I think in this one, it goes a little bit deeper than that. So you, but you can fill those spots. I mean, you know, when you're, when you're looking at, for example, I, I think the, the fall off at tackle, uh, I think there's four guys at the top. I think it's uh, Panay Sewell, Rashawn Slater, yeah. Christian Derrissaw, Tevin Jenkins yeah. are your top four guys. And mm-hmm. I expect all those guys to be drafted in the first round. Then after that, it's going to be kind of, you know, who do you like better? Uh, you know, there's some guys who look like they're, you know, maybe left tackles. There's some other guys you look at, you look at and say, okay, maybe he's just a right. Uh, I don't know that that matters as much anymore like it used to because a lot of teams have their better pass rushers on the right side. Um, but I look at that, for example, again, I'm looking at McShay, McShay's list here. He has Liam Eikenberg of Notre Dame as his number five tackle. Mm-hmm. Okay. If you look at the grade on Eikenberg, he gives him an 88. Uh, the grade uh, for the 15th uh, tackle mm-hmm. is Hainsey, who's a 57. You might say, well, that's a big drop-off. Well, let me, let's take a look at the running backs now, for example. Mm-hmm. And your number three running back is Javante Williams at 88. Yeah. Your number four running back is Trey Sermon. He's a 75. Mm. That's kind of what we've, what we've been talking about. There's a 13-point difference there. You know, he's got, he's got ATN ranked number one at 90, Travis, uh, Najee Harris second at 89, Javante Williams third at 88 on his score. Okay, so – Javante Williams at 88 is your third best uh, running back. If we go down to 15 in the running back rankings, he's got Khalil Herbert out of Virginia Tech as his number 15 with a 46 grade. Yeah. You see how that falls off. I mean, there are only he's only has six running backs who, who grade 70 or higher. He's got Sermon, Michael Carter, Ramonde Stevenson is that mm-hmm. is that second group of running backs, and then you know again a drop off after that. So. I think when, when we're talking about this group of players, this, this draft in this draft, you have to consider that take that into consideration, the depth of the position, um, you know, center is another position that we talked about a lot. Uh, the interior offensive lineman. If you, if you look at the center position, he's got Landon Dickerson, number one with an, an 85 grade mm-hmm. Creed Humphrey second with an 81 grade. Mm-hmm. Then it goes down to Josh Myers at a 70 grade. Trey Hill's a 62. Yeah. Drew Dahlman's a 60. Um, now he's not including some of the interior guys who can also play center. Uh, Where did they have Quinn it, Myers? Uh, well, he doesn't have him listed as a center. He's got him listed as a guard. Uh, uh, so he has Quinn Myers at an 80. Uh, you know, so there's, you're looking at Myers as more, you know, some of these other guys that can, that can possibly play center. Uh, you know, Kendrick Green, he only has him as a 58. I love Kendrick Green. Yeah, I, I don't see the 58 on Kendrick Green. I think he's a, a back of a he, – he'd be one of those guys that in the fourth – if the fourth round rolls around, he's still there, and you haven't addressed the interior offensive line, you're like, uh, maybe. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I mentioned that, uh, you know, that you know a lot of people look at Robert Hainsey and think he could play, uh, you know, a center as well. So, um, you know, there's some guys there at that position – uh, Drew Dahlman from Stanford, I like yeah. a lot. Michael Monet from Penn State looks pretty solid. Um, uh, you know, your guy, Jimmy Morrissey, he's got graded at a 35. Jeez. But um, again, that's why I say sixth, seventh round, he's he's sitting around there. That that, I that, think that might be might be pretty low. And I, by then, if the Steelers haven't addressed their offensive center position by then. Oh, no, 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 no. It's too late. No, but here's the thing. <laughs> you, can, you, you can use, if you draft a, a center on day two, 
and then say like, you know fourth round you're getting your you're getting your edge rusher or your linebacker your corner and then you get to that sixth round and he's still sitting there double up at center because Jimmy Morris he could jump around to guard either guard position that's what I'm saying just you know give yourself more depth in the offensive line you know at, at, in the in the later rounds if he's there that's why I think he's a perfect he's a perfect fit yeah I'm, I I've maintained since I've been talking up of Jimmy Morrissey that yeah, I'm not saying the Steelers should draft him in the third fourth rounds I'm saying that if he's around there in the late rounds he would he would be a, a fit for what what you need there and he could be someone that you're eventually hoping you know maybe becomes like the Ramon Foster of the next generation that says hey you felt you found a way to fit in somewhere and that's where you get used, but no, but like, there's plenty of guys that fit that late day two, early day three uh, type of situation that I think could be immediately useful as Steelers. You know, one of the guys that, that, that you and I have both been talking about Sean Wade out of Ohio state, you know, if he's around there in the fourth round, I, I think that's a perfect fit if they haven't, gone and gotten their slot cornerback now I, I know you mentioned some of those guys um in, in you know, that could that could be sitting there you know um like you know like Aaron Robinson could, could be a guy that they address or Kerry Vincent but you know Sean Wade again the, the size the athleticism there's there's plenty of guys that fit there. I, I like Dalen Hayes at a Notre Dame he's a guy that can can play on the edge can play a little bit of off-ball linebacker help you with multiple roles help on special teams there's plenty of talent in this in this draft class to address that situation that's just that's just it makes the most sense for me to to, to look at this guy. That's why I wanted to ask you about this because I really think that the Steelers, everyone's going to talk about the first pick, but there's a lot of that middle round talent of guys who also I think that in general everyone's just not sure of. You know, Kevin Colbert talked about how you know we're we're looking more at guys that played this past year because that's the most recent tape that we can that, that we can see. I think a lot of teams they don't know how to value guys who either opted out or haven't been or, or or missed because of injury and with the pandemic and and the lack of a combine it, it could change up and some guys who maybe in a regular year they would have been second round picks and maybe they'll end up fourth round picks yeah I mean you just don't know I mean you look at a guy like a Walker Little for example he's yeah. he's an easy one to talk about because he's played half of a football game since the 2018 season well where do you put him in here Right. And I think, you know, when I had some people kind of freak out when, when I asked Colbert again, uh, yes, on Monday uh, about, you know, was he sticking to his guns about, you know, perhaps not not drafting or, or lowering his ratings on guys that that opted out or didn't play last year. And he said, look, you have to because it may take these guys some time to get back up to speed. So if you're taking a guy in the first or second round who is an opt out. And it takes that guy, let's say it takes him six weeks to get his football legs mm, back under him. That's a big miss. That's a bit, you know, you're not using that guy early in the season. And, and so, you know, or you have to play him every snap of the preseason. And again, you're playing a 17 game schedule. So what are you getting out of that guy? Right. You can afford to do that and maybe, you know, take a Walker little in the third or fourth round and say, okay, we don't expect him to play right away. But we think he's we think he's going to be a really good football player, right? Like but I was don't need him to play. Him. But right. your first round pick better be a guy that can play right away. Your exactly. second round pick better be a guy that can play right away. Mm-hmm. Look, like Alex Highsmith last year, you didn't see him until like you know a, a couple months into the season, and then everyone's like, "Oh, that's right, we did draft that guy." You know that that and, and Steelers fans are like, "Oh yeah, we love Alex Highsmith now." And it's like 
that's that's what those middle round guys are for you're hoping that some of them can develop by at least by the middle of the year but you're right the first round pick you know you, you need guys you're expected to play in today's nfl i mean yeah. you're a first round pick you're under contract for for four years and an option you better be ready to play and step onto the field and be, and be a contributor in year one right away and and so if you're a guy that opted out you know, I don't know that's going to be necessarily be the case. We'll see. Maybe Jamar Chase or Panay Sewell or some of these other guys that opted out uh, or haven't played football. I mean, nobody's expecting, for example, uh, Trey Lance to come in and start right away. Right. He's played one game in the last, you know, the last 24 months. Yeah. Uh, nobody's expecting him to come out and be their day one starter. That's, you know, but some of these other guys are expected to be that. I mean, you, you look at, uh, you know, some of the guys that are going to be taken at the top of this draft and, you know, what's how is Micah Parsons going to be ready to step in and play football right away? I don't know. I don't know that. It's a legitimate question. Um, and, you know, I think, I think it's something that teams are all looking at. We're going to take a quick break. We come back. I want to keep picking Dale's brain as we get ready for the NFL draft this week. here on the Lolly Carter Steelers podcast. I'm Chris Carter here with Dale Lolly. Dale, to briefly address the things that some of the things that have been said slash done this week, Minka Fitzpatrick signed his fifth year option. We all knew that was going to happen. Um, and then Mike Tomlin at one point was asked, you know, about two starting position, you know, like with offensive tackle looking like penciling in uh, banner at right tackle, core four at left tackle and Cameron Sutton at the, the right cornerback position. But, you know, and I see some people people trying to be act, you know, be try to be smarter than the average bear and, and try to read too much into this. And I'm like, guys, like you know, as far as who they're going to pick and who they're not going to pick, and I'm like, guys, I think that their plans have been set for a while as far as who they're actually looking at. And Tomlin saying that on Monday doesn't change a thing about what 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 we've been you know prognosticating is going to be the Steelers' plan of attack here. Yeah, I mean they they have they, they don't just walk into a, a meeting on Monday and say, "Okay, guys, who are we going to draft?" Right. Uh, they have they've had a pretty good idea of what they're targeting, who they're targeting for for quite a while now, and they they you know they whittle things down. Uh, you know, this week they'll, they'll sit down and they'll come up with their list of twenty four guys they would take at, at pick number twenty four, and they do that not based on a mock draft, but who they would draft. Right at each pick so if they had the number one overall pick who would we take well trevor lawrence obviously uh so you know i when i do my 24 mm-hmm. i don't necessarily look at it that way but obviously if trevor lawrence fell to 24 the steelers would take him right if justin fields fell to 24 the steelers would take him right. but it's not happening folks yeah i don't care how many mock drafts charlie casserly puts out mm-hmm. uh that, that has justin fields falling to the steelers at 24 it's not happening you really think for a second <laughs> That the Chicago Bears right, or, the, exactly. or the Washington football team, who don't have a starting quarterback really, <laughs> are going to pass on that guy uh, on Justin Fields at 19 or 20, which is where they're picking. There's no way. Do you really think that the New England Patriots, okay, you're right. who, who don't have a, really a starting quarterback answer, at 15 would pass on a quarterback? I don't think so. So I expect those quarterbacks to all be gone by, let's say, the 12th pick. Yeah. Because I think somebody will trade up if if one of those guys happens to slip out of the top ten, somebody trades up to get that guy. Yep. 
So you can expect that the Steelers 24 may include those five quarterbacks, may only include four. I didn't include Mac Jones in my list. I wouldn't take Mac Jones in the first round. Mm-hmm. That's just me. Maybe maybe the Steelers would, would do so. I, I wouldn't. Um, but their top 24 picks will be set, and that's, what the, that's the list that they'll go off of. And as those guys are taken on their list of 24, they'll scratch them off. And, you know, when they get down to the 24th pick, uh, they'll, they'll have an idea of, you know, they'll have six names still remaining on that board, maybe more, maybe less, but they'll take one of those guys. No, I agree that that that's the way that I look at things too. I, I try to assess, you know, where, where a guy is going to fall as far as what's, what you value. And, you know, like I still try to look at needs and fits and things like that, but at the end of the day, you still have to trust that, you know, and you talk about funny mock drafts. I mean, have you seen Chris Sims's? Uh, uh, he he throws crap against the wall and hopes something <laughs> sticks. He, you know, and that's that's just the way he does it. Not only does he have the Steelers passing on Najee Harris, but he has them passing on Justin Fields as with the first round pick for Landon Dickerson, and he has Justin Fields getting picked thirty second overall by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I just I don't get these things. I like that's when I'm like, look. At some point, I'm tired of my own mock drafts. Like that's why I'm kind of just like, all right, I've mocked it to death. You guys, you guys got me. Like I'm out of ideas. I'm just going to be sensational now. And 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 that's where I think some of these mock drafts go. But to your point, um, and to to our point, it's just been, you know, we're we're trying to give y'all a realistic sense of who's actually going to be available. And 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 yeah. Are, are there going to be some surprises? There always were. There, are, there always will be. You know, I, I bring up all the time. I, I still remember when Cleveland Farrell went to the Raiders at seventh overall. I'm still, nobody I'm still, had that. Right. It was that, it was actually fourth overall. Fourth. Oh, geez. It, nobody had worse. that. It's yeah. even worse. And it's so like those things are going to happen. Like, 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 who knows? Maybe you know, I don't know. Maybe Tevin Jenkins gets drafted way up higher than than, than everyone with everyone expects. It only takes one team to fall in love with a guy. That's a very good point. That's, very that's all it takes. Mm-hmm. And so if that team values that guy at that position, that's where he's going to go. Um, you know, so it's, it's, it's all a crapshoot. Nobody knows what's going to happen in all 32 draft rooms. That's why the Steelers stopped doing mock drafts. Yeah. They used for a long time. They did mock drafts, trying to figure out who the other teams were going to take. And they, and, and as, as Kevin Colbert said earlier this week, he said, we realized how foolish that was, how stupid that was. You can't guess what Washington's going to do. You right. can't guess what Arizona's going to do. You're not in those draft rooms. Right. You're not. I mean, you may think you have an idea based on what they need. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that that somebody in the organization doesn't just fall in love. It is somebody in the organization who can make that call. Mm-hmm. It only again takes one guy in the organization to stand up on a table and say, "No, this is our guy." Right. And and that guy gets picked. So. um, you know, I, I you know, I, I wrote about this last week on, on my talking points. Uh, you know, people will put out grades after this draft is done. <laughs> but those grades will be based on where they ranked the players. Exactly. Now, I've looked at uh, again, I've probably looked at film of over well over 200 players that I've looked at and at least watched at least part of a game and, and decided, OK, well, I like that guy. I don't like that guy. But I do that based off of where these guys are showing up at in mock drafts. There's, it's not a perfect science. I don't have time to, I don't spend my, my entire year pouring over draft prospects and, and, and finding out about guys. I just don't, I don't have the time to do it. Yeah. I watch, I watch some games during the fall. Oh, I like that guy. You know, that guy looks pretty good. I'll check him out later. 
but you're, you know, you're, you're, I'm playing catch up on this much like you are. We don't sit and do this year round. That's not what we do, but I feel pretty confident by the time the draft rolls around that I have, I have an idea uh, of the majority of how this is going to go. Again, not perfect. I, I, I don't do this. Uh, this part of the of this job is not what I do full time, but I feel like I have a pretty good working knowledge of what the Steelers like, what they want to do. I have a pretty, I have a pretty good feeling about what the Ravens like and what they want to do, mm-hmm. because I've you know they they've had that stability. Yeah. It's these organizations that have 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 had new coaching changes, or they have a new GM or things of that nature. You don't have any. Nobody has any idea what those guys are going to do. Right. Nobody There's no track record there. There's no track record there. So I can, I can most of the time tell you, okay, that guy looks like a Raven based or that guy looks like a Steeler based on their play style. I know what those teams are looking for because it's the same year in and year out. Uh, but you know, when it comes to the, say the Detroit lions, I don't know what Dan Campbell wants there. I have an idea right. that he wants tough, rugged, you know, throwback type football players, Maybe because that's what kind of player he was. And he talked about, you know, biting ankles and things of that nature at his press conference when they introduced him. But that doesn't mean that doesn't tell me what they're going to draft. I don't know. You know, if, if, if Kyle Pitts is available there for them, are they going to pass on him because he's not an ankle biter? (laughs) (laughs) I don't think so, but I don't know for sure. Yeah. No, that, yeah, that's the whole thing with the, with these, when we're ranking guys, we're going, we're going to see who's going to be who, we're just trying to see, you know, where we actually value certain guys and what they, what we think they'll fit. And again, you know, I think, you know, I'd say, I'd say we're fortunate to cover the Steelers where we get the benefit of kind of knowing Kevin Colbert's here, been here since 2000, Mike Tomlin since 2007, you know, there's a general sense of how these rooms work because you be able to see it play out. And the Steelers as an organization, they're a, they're a stable organization that regularly competes, seems to come with a general idea of how things work. And yeah, they'll surprise everyone. Cause that's the whole thing of the draft is even when you have that stability, it's tough to predict sometimes. And here's the thing. I mean, people always ask me, well, did you get this Steeler pick right? Did you get that Steeler pick right? They're always pick their average draft position under Kevin Colbert is like 24th. Right. I mean, there's so much that can happen before the 24th pick mm-hmm. that if you get it right, you know, God bless you. Maybe they do, you know, I'll probably end up picking, uh, you know, Najee Harris in my final mock draft. Maybe that happens. Maybe it doesn't. I can't predict whether he's going to be there or not. Exactly. It's probably a 50 50 up prop, uh, proposition. And if he's not, then they'll move on to their next guy on their list. And I have a, you know, a feeling about how they, they have those guys ranked, but I'm not in the room with them. You know, it's not like, it's not like before, you know, where, you know, you'd actually be in the, in the facility. Uh, maybe you're, you're running into some people, you talk to some guys, uh, maybe pick their brain a little bit. That's just not happening right now. No, it's not. It's, it's a lot tougher to do those types of things. And even when you can do those types of things, you're, Again, you you don't know what another organization's thinking and and what they're and what they're saying and doing, especially the ones that are that are, that are always all over the place. And there's going to be those surprises. So on Thursday night, we're telling you when there's a crazy trade that happens, when there's a pick that you're like, I didn't have him until the third round, or you know, you know, things things like that are going to happen. And I think it's going to happen even more this year. Again, with the craziness of the pandemic and and the you know the the, the kind of the, the wrench that it kind of throws into the normal plans of drafting. I anticipate for there to be some some wild things, but when there's wild things happening, those teams in the, in the later part of the first round, the later part of, of all the rounds, sometimes you can get some gems out of that, and that's why we're talking about some of the not-so-obvious guys who might be available. So 
Thanks again, Dale, for being on the show as always. We're going to be keeping up all the content on the NFL draft right at DKPittsburghSports.com. If you're not subscribed, get on it. We're doing everything all the time. Dale and I have a, have a dueling mock draft where each of us are going to show how we think the first round's going to play out. Um, and then, of course, we'll be having our live file, keeping you up to date on the day of the draft, what's going on with each pick, where we see things going, and keeping you updated with everything going on with the Steelers. And, of course, you can listen to DK Sports Radio where you're going to get all your podcast needs right here with Dale, myself, covering the Steelers in the NFL draft. But, of course, DK also with his daily shots. We've got our Pirates shows, Penguins shows, all our college shows. It's a wonderful place to be. Thanks for listening. Remember to rate us five stars and to give us a positive comment. Be back in your ears very soon. <laughs>